0: Today on Founder Journey, we've got another one of our startup visa success stories. Turgi Brand is a serial international entrepreneur now calling Canada home. We're going to talk about the misconceptions, but also the advantages of bootstrapping your business. We're going to talk about the culture of hustle porn and how it contradicts the goal of breaking your shackles and being your own boss as a founder. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another edition of Founder Journey. Today, I'm really excited to have uh, Terge Berend. Uh, he's an entrepreneur that I met probably about three years ago now. Uh, he originally came to us through our Startup Visa program, but uh, he's going to become one of my favorite entrepreneurs. This guy's a hustler. He's bootstrapped uh, numerous companies, uh, originally from Turkey. He's traveled around the world. He's lived around the world. He's built companies around the world. Uh, the most recent one is Edition Guard. In short, it's digital rights management for um, educational material. And it's a cybersecurity company, very timely, given everything that's happening with remote learning and, and uh, uh, the the shifts and changes in, in education because of COVID. Uh, he can do a better job than I can of explaining what Editions Garden is doing today. Turgay welcome to the show uh please let us let our audience know exactly what edition guard is if i was accurate or not (laughs) and a little bit about yourself and and who you are and and the journey that you've taken to get to canada and, and bring edition guard to the market and build it into the company that is today
1: yeah totally thanks for having me i think your description was great um it's uh the way i describe it usually just trying to make people not too confused as you know it's like a uh, fulfillment service for ebooks. books And uh, we just uh, basically focus on uh, getting ebooks delivered to people securely. So, you know, people don't have to worry about privacy. And uh, we work with a lot of publishing companies and educational companies uh, to get content in the hands of students or users or, you know, any kind of end user really um, can use the platform. And, uh, yeah, it's a company that I've been running since 2012. Um, and uh, it's you know it is fully bootstrapped like my other ventures as well, and uh, I uh, you know set it up originally when I was in Turkey. Um, you know I was living in Istanbul at the time and uh, started growing it organically through you know, SEO and doing content and doing tests here and there uh, to validate it in the early days. Um, The idea really came to me from the time when I was contracting. Um, So, you know, post-validation was kind of like a slow, uh, steady growth kind of thing, Uh, little by little. You know, adding one customer there, three customers there, slowly trying to get the word out there, while you know, continually building new platform, uh, platform versions and features into it. and then after a few years, um, I started hitting some growth plateaus, uh, which were kind of difficult to break through. Every single one of them were kind of unique in their own way, I think. But the last one um, that was in 2016 or so was kind of like me as a founder, maybe running out of ideas after you know five, six years of running it. Um, so that's kind of what prompted, it was one of the reasons that prompted that whole, you know, traveling the world and just getting out of Turkey and seeing different countries and, you know, just uh, living on the road as a digital nomad, while continuing, continually trying to build the product and just you know, kind of get out of my head, kind of get out of the and
0: When, when people talk about bootstrapped, um, now seasoned entrepreneurs understand what that means, but uh, from an uh, outside looking in, you, you hear bootstrapped and you, you think st- a struggling company, a company that's facing lots of financial challenges, but that's definitely not the case. Especially in your case, Edition Guard was doing well and, and it was not like uh, when you were sitting in Turkey as a bootstrap company, you were struggling to pay your bills, you were doing extremely well. You had big universities and, and large clients um, on board Uh, obviously that's grown now even more and we've had a number of other entrepreneurs on Founder Journey talking about the difference between a venture-backed business and a lifestyle-based business and how uh, a lot of them that are venture-backed wish they were a lifestyle and they're not venture-backed because they they see hindsight like okay it would have been a very different journey and um, probably a lot more profitable journey if if they were able to continue to bootstrap and uh, build a successful business, uh, without third-party investments. And so tell us about that aspect of, of your founder journey of bootstrapping. And, um, I guess the perceptions that people might've had about your business and what they ended up thinking once they got the whole digest of, of what you built. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of bootstrapping for sure, especially now that I've been through it for so many years. Um, But I have very particular reasons for bootstrapping when I started Edition Guard, and that was to, you know, I was a contractor back then. My previous venture had actually gone bankrupt pretty much. Um, You know, I'd burnt a lot of cash and I was in a little bit of debt, and I had to do contract work as a software developer to kind of get back on track financially Um, and, you know, being a contractor, you're sometimes working for multiple bosses, uh, which really sucks. And I wanted to escape that kind of, you know, reporting to anyone uh, type of situation. So when I looked at raising money, it was just like, you know, I'm not going from one boss to another, basically. That was kind of uh, the thought that I had when I looked at all the venture backed companies like you mentioned, or. People with investors going through so much stress just because they uh, you know they have to please those people right they have to show roi it's a numbers game for them but for me it was very personal it was about gaining freedom um and the nice thing about being in a place like turkey for instance or many different uh, places in the world is really the cost of living is so much lower especially if you measure it in u.s dollars um I was probably living on like five hundred dollars a month or something.
0: And addition card was invoicing out in U.S., so revenue coming in was in U.S., but the expenses that you're paying are are in Turkish dollars.
1: Exactly, exactly. So the exchange rate back then was like two point five or something. Now it's like seven. So it's an even wow. better time to go and start something in Turkey, honestly. But um, you know, it was great. Every dollar you make, it turns leads into two and a half um and so you're able to afford more and you're able to reinvest money that's the big thing about bootstrapping i think is that the ability that you have to bootstrap uh really depends on how, how much money you can reinvest into the business because that's how you snowball it's kind of like the whole compounding thing uh mm-hmm. you invest in again but this time you're investing into your own business and uh you put money into it and you put effort into it constantly, and uh, um, you're able to just do this. Um, basically, you know, you have like an unlimited runway very quickly uh, if you can get to a certain revenue level. Where, say, you're living on $500 and $1,000, and then you make another $1,000 on top of that, which goes into the company. That kind of money goes a very long way, again, because you can outsource to places. A lot of the processes you need in place in the beginning um, to places like you know I worked with a lot of talented people in the Philippines and the Ukraine um, if not for those awesome people honestly like the company wouldn't have gotten this far mm-hmm. but again the US dollar goes very far there as well when you're initially starting up you know you can um, you can basically have a whole team for a very low cost at least the beginning, you know, they're putting in five hours, 10 hours, But still, um, it helps you a lot in areas that you're struggling. Um, So bootstrapping, uh, I'm still a big fan after doing uh, uh, doing it for almost 20 years now. uh, All my companies have been bootstrapped. I've never raised a dollar uh, throughout my entrepreneurial journey. Um, I've been curious about it, but it's just kind of like a curiosity. Um, and hopefully it never comes neat. But I don't. I haven't met many people who say, "Oh, I've been inve- I've been raising money for ten years, and I'm still happy about it." Um, <laughs> but for bootstrappers, it's like whenever I meet a bootstrapper, they're glad that they did it, um, and they have their freedom. So oh, maybe that kind of helps things yeah. into perspective a little.
0: <laughs> and there's obviously some instances where where venture money does make a big difference because uh in scenarios where the the upfront cost of development is very high there, there's a lot of infrastructure or other things that need to be put in place then yeah that that makes sense you need to have that financial support because unless you're a self-made millionaire that's going to just sink your own money into it uh bringing in that hedge is is, is essential but uh i always say that the best investor is a paying customer so the sooner you can get out in front of customers the better and the sooner you can start making positive cash flow into your business (laughs) the happier everybody's going to be um and then so you you alluded to 20 plus years of entrepreneurship uh, and you said also that uh, one one of your companies crashed and burned what does entrepreneurship mean to you why did you keep keep at it and keep building companies
1: yeah that's a great question again it was uh I started my first company when I was still in college, you know, circa 2000 or so. And um, the reason I started it was really already very interested in business from a very young age. Like during the summers when I was a teenager, I tried to you know, go sell M Way products and stuff. You know, just curious about like, oh, you know, you can put in hours and you can make more money, you know, depending on parents or whatever. Uh, You know, you can make extra money to spend. I've always been really interested in getting into business, but the way I saw, you know, like get a nine to five job, uh, you know, work nine to five for someone else and get paid, you know, it it seemed very stifling uh, from the beginning. So I wanted to, you know, when I had the opportunity, try out entrepreneurship while I still could, while I didn't have to get a job. Uh, So when I was in college, I kind of dove in. Uh, I was working on the side as a TA just to make a little money, but it was easy to kind of dive in and start some small ventures here and there. Um, Even back then when the internet was kind of, I they call it kind of like the phase one of online business back then where things were not as crazy as today, but still like there were a lot of ways to make money in different ways um so i kind of um i kind of wanted to have my own thing from the beginning but also my goal still is the same after 20 years i want to have enough resources most importantly my own time is the most valuable resource to do the things that i really want to be to be doing putting time into things that i really believe in Uh, that can actually make a difference in the world and that sounds a little cliche these days because everybody's trying to make the world a better place but uh, in reality you know the path to making the world a better place I see it as you know you need to have your resources first you you need to have your experience you need to have your time for yourself Um, and you need to have money you have to have your own money if you want to at least be calling the shots as, uh, you know, as well as you need to, to get to your vision.
0: I always say, so, so I always say that, uh, like in, in terms of business, ideas are a dime a dozen. It's all about execution, and, and you have to be able to execute and make something happen. And ultimate goal is to get paying customers. And when you talk about wanting to change the change the world, again. Um, ideology and and, and it, sentiments are one thing, but it, it really goes back to execution. And you can start simple with volunteering and, and contributing in certain aspects. But when you do want to make a difference at, at, a, at a broader, deeper level, there there is a, a deeper commitment that's involved as well. And that does take some financing, uh, whether or not it's financing that initiative or financing your personal lifestyle so that it affords you the ability to allocate more time towards those things and less towards business. Awesome outcome is when you're able to mix the two and, and have your business uh, be that catalyst for that uh, impact in the world that you're looking at. And and so where where do you see, this is probably a tough loaded question, but the, the state of the world where it is right now and everything that's happening. Economies are kind of uh, being imploded all around the world. Where do you see entrepreneurship playing a role in, in the 2021 and beyond?
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm hoping that it is it becomes more. Uh, mainstream, you know, a lot of a lot more people think about entrepreneurship because when you think about entrepreneurship, you automatically think about solving problems, or at least you have to be solving a real problem to make it far uh, as an entrepreneur. So it means more people thinking about entrepreneurship and, you know, people are hurting all over the world. Like you said, you know, a lot of people out of work, um, a lot of people are feeling desperate maybe, but like for Edition Guard, for example, we're seeing a lot of people, a lot of growth uh after the pandemic and uh when we kind of drill down into why that is we see that you know a lot of people who've never considered entrepreneurship uh are actually diving in now because they're thinking you know i have no job security you know i don't know where the economy is going to go i'm just going to do my own thing and see if it works and we're seeing it work for some people which is really good um and i i do think that entrepreneurship is going to be you know it's going to be good for a lot of people because they're going to have options they're going to have their own freedom they're going to be able to call their own shots but also it's going to solve a, a bit, you know this kind of situation creates so many opportunities that more problems are going to be there in plain sight that need to be solved um, And again, there's going to be more entrepreneurs rising up for the challenge to solve those problems so that we really do have a better life and a better world. So I have a positive outlook, honestly. Um, And, you know, when when it's interesting, I was watching a YouTube video. I can't remember uh, who was by, but um, they were looking at all the crises over the last 50 years or so and how it impacted, you know, entrepreneurship and um it it looks like you know after every crisis we get a whole bunch of new innovations and great products and great ideas that solve a lot of problems um and then in between when there's a you know full bull market type of thing then innovation kind of takes a backseat mm-hmm. to roi i'd say so um I'm, I'm just hoping that this being such a big crisis that it will bring that much more positive change for entrepreneurship and through
0: entrepreneurs. Yeah, and I think the, the the solace that we can take in, from this is, is that it is global wide. It's, it's not just one country suffering while others around it prosper. Everybody's in this challenging situation. And so um, there is a broader opportunity for entrepreneurs and, and new ideas, new innovation. And given the state of the world in terms of technology, it's never been easier to start a company and it's never been more democratized uh, technology wise to start a company in Istanbul compared to uh, Michigan in Detroit. I think both of those are cities that you lived in, right? <laughs> so let's go back to you and, and, and the work-life balance that you had as you traveled and, and how you're balancing it now.
1: Yeah, it's So because the business was pretty mature when I kind of set out on the road like three, four years ago, um, it was heavily automated and delegated. Uh, And those are two words I keep saying uh, all the time. But uh, those are the two things that I've been focused on the last 10 years, basically, just uh, delegating as much as I can, automating as much as I can. uh, So then I have time to think and time to live. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs just kind of burning themselves out in the process of putting in really long hours, really uh, not really seeing their family or friends or whatnot. I mean, there's the struggle porn
0: culture out there right now, which I really strongly oppose. Um, And it's kind of just to take a step back. So for the audience, there's a couple different um versions of that that's hustle porn struggle porn uh and just for the audience's clarity that that references how glorified it is that uh, you are working hard and you're always busy and and you're um, constantly with a full calendar of meetings and and whatnot like at the end of the day that that is not necessarily healthy and it's not actually very productive If, if you can't manage your time properly are you really productive? And so hustle porn, struggle porn is the glorification of, of being busy when it's not actually productive. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. And there are a lot of proponents of that culture just because it gets the more clicks and more traffic. And I understand that. And some people like to live like that. That's fine too. But ultimately, when I think about entrepreneurship, it's supposed to be freeing you. It's not supposed to be putting more shackles and chains on you. In um, the biggest chain, you can have, you know, it's being tied to your business all the time. Um, you know, if if your business, if people can't run it when you're not around, you're never going to be able to take a vacation. You're never going to be able to kind of maybe not even sleep well at night because you're just um, you're just always on. And that, in the long run, I think really hurts your innovative thinking and kind of like seeing the patterns out there to identify opportunities and just have the big picture thinking you need to find new problems to tackle because I think we need to be constantly looking to the next idea, you know, like what are we going to do next? You know, addition Guard's like one part of my journey, for instance, but I'm already looking to a bunch of different uh, ventures that I want to start at some point or invest in other people's Ventures that look worthy, um, and to be able to do that, we gotta free ourselves from the current business. Not in terms of like emotional, but you need to divorce your time from your
0: money, basically. So mm-hmm. Kind of what I'm trying to say. And when we go back to what we kind of talked about earlier about uh, making an impact in the world. Uh, again, it's great if it's your business that's tied to it and, and able to execute, but also uh, being able to free yourself from your business does allow you to look at those type of opportunities and uh, new challenges that uh, might be more fulfilling um, emotionally and, and um, professionally rather than financially. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. And, you know, that kind of ties into your question of like... I have a daughter who's now five and uh, I'm really glad to have been there every day of her life. You know, like um, it it was, uh, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. My business actually afforded me that opportunity. So yeah, I could have had kids earlier when I was really having to hustle. Um, But entrepreneurship can give you that too. Like you don't have to be struggling all the time instead you can be just thriving and if you have kids you can have to spend more time with them if you have really you know, great hobbies that you're passionate about you can do more of those things um so my work life work-life balance honestly has been mostly on the life side of the equation the last few years um i mean just because we moved to a new country and moving to a new country is um Traveling is one thing, but settling down in a com- uh, new country is uh, it's it is an endeavor in in and of itself um, Which almost rivals
0: like starting a new company uh, yeah, yeah. In terms of the effort that moves into and that gets compounded by the number of people if you're by yourself Okay, tr- moving to a new country is, is one thing, but having a spouse, having children and and, um, if you have co-founders that all just gets compounded. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I I was again very lucky that my business was running and I didn't have to worry about it too much while having to go through the process of settling down in the new country. And it, it is a, I mean, it's a great country. So it's probably easier to settle down here than others. But still, it's, um, there's so many things you need to think about. Uh, There's so many challenges that you don't expect uh, that come your way. Uh, Yeah, those challenges come from directions you never expect. And, um, but ultimately, you know, I was able to do it. And uh, now we're, kind of proud to call Canada our home at this point. Uh, and now we have you know, two countries that we can live in freely or we can keep traveling as well uh, if we wanted to in the future. Uh, those options are open. And I love that uh, a bootstrap company especially can give you that kind of freedom. I can choose to really hustle on something that I'm passionate about tomorrow Uh, or I can kind of decide to take a step back and take long walks and keep thinking about what's next. Um, Having that kind of open field is more valuable to me than the dollars. Maybe if we spoke to like a Silicon Valley investor, they might look at our revenue and our churn or growth rate, and they say, you know, you guys are a failure. Um, We could be a failure in their eyes because we haven't grown
0: 200% month over month. Mm -hmm. um it's a failure in terms of the metrics that they need in order for them to be a success but that doesn't mean you and your business are a failure you're super successful and and, uh doing extremely well financially um just not enough for them to get a piece of the pie
1: exactly yeah the success is just such a subjective uh word that you know, people who who are actually successful think they are failures. It happens so often. Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of kind of beating myself up in the past about, like, oh, I could have done more, and I could have done this, and I didn't take that opportunity, and I didn't do this. But in reality, like, you've got to step back and kind of look back a decade, not like the last one year or three years or five years. Look back a decade and remember where you were 10 years mm-hmm. ago. And if you're happy with where you are now versus 10 years ago, you're doing well. I I mean, just having more relaxed uh, perspective on success, I think.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's something that does come with age and experience as well. Um, But uh, yeah, some people are are a little more fortunate than others. Part of it's a big part of it is entrepreneurship is luck. Um, But um, uh, the path that you set for yourself, is going to be rocky. But uh, again, when most often you do look back. Uh, it is positive, even if your company or your ideas didn't work out the experience and the journey, um, hopefully in the network that you make along the way, it's something that's positive, uh, net positive in your life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the experience, especially like if you have a few real failures of like bankruptcy, I mean, I guess a very easy definition for bankruptcy is like you look at your balance sheet and you see a negative number at the end of it. Say, like, okay, you know, you you're not doing very well. And I've been in that situation a few times just shutting down a couple of my ventures in the past. But yeah, I learned so much from those. I mean, you get to, you get to kind of learn what not to do, um, but also what to watch out for. Uh, over time and yeah, and also yeah you, what you said is very true about luck as well I wanted to kind of point uh, kind of go into that a little yes luck is definitely a factor I mean you can call it say being in the right place at the right time um, and just you know doing the right thing at the right time is super important um, and again I think what you can do is you can increase your luck you know like you can create more luck in your life just by uh uh, hopefully you know staying awake and again taking a step back from the day-to-day and look at the big picture and see if you're missing anything uh, and hopefully identifying other opportunities that
0: you you have more chances of being lucky
1: so but yeah it definitely plays a part and i've been both unlucky and lucky so um It's good to experience
0: both. (laughs) Awesome. All right, we're going to kind of wrap this up here with two final questions for you. Um, The first one is, as a founder, what are or what is one app or a tool that uh, you can't live without? Something that's been instrumental in your founder journey.
1: I will kind of generalize instead of just mentioning one tool. but yeah, like a task manager, totally. I use Trello. I've been using Trello for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So, but I've used a lot of different task managers as well. So I'm not kind of pointing at one. But without a task manager, you just get lost in the woods. And I've gotten lost so many times in the woods that I don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, always, you know, something that you can share with your team, with contractors you work with. You know who's doing what, what's happening what's going on that kind of thing slack has become very
0: essential yeah just, you know I, I find that a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with that are more technically inclined and, and developers themselves Trello is definitely one that they gravitate towards and then um, uh, people that are more on the business side they need something a little uh, visual just like Trello, Trello is Trellos awesome um, but uh, monday.com has been one that's been growing. In, in popularity, and uh, we actually use that at launch as well as Torello, um, but yeah, Slack definitely is 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 a key component to communication in our teams, uh, especially now that everybody's gone more remote. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna close it off with one last question, uh, or sorry, an opportunity for you to leave some parting advice for our entrepreneurs. What would you recommend for new and old entrepreneurs, seasoned entrepreneurs, as well as brand new entrepreneurs about building a business, being an entrepreneur in today's world, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago when you started today, if you were to start, what's some of the pieces of advice that you'd give somebody? Think about,
1: I call it reverse fundraising, which is kind of just move to a super boring town that's super cheap instead of moving to a super expensive city that's super exciting and has all the investors in it, you extend your runway by a you know, really meaningful amount um, and see if you can do it. I know some business models don't allow for that, but even for those, try to become your own VC, if you can, by creating some cash channels first. Like I have some big visions too, um, that really need a lot of capital to start, but I'm kind of trying to build up to that on my own without uh, going for a lot of investors. And so you don't have to go get investment. You can find creative ways to, um, I think, at least build some of the parts of the businesses or maybe try to narrow down to a smaller aspect of your business that you're thinking about. Start small don't beat yourself up and try to try to enjoy it uh, because it's wild right but um, there's nothing like owning your own thing that pays the bills and gives you freedom so um i think uh, it's it's just a great journey nowadays especially because there's so many tools out there that help you get to uh, your goals. If you're building a software business, there are software tools that let you build stuff without code, things mm-hmm. like
0: that. And and no matter where you are in the world, whether it's Vancouver, Michigan, or Istanbul. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Anywhere you go. I T- 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 really appreciate you uh, taking the time. You've been really generous with your time. Uh, one last thing is uh, a chance for you to be the entrepreneur that you are. What's your call to action? What can our audience do for you? What can the entrepreneurs listening in right now do for you? Uh,
1: You know, what they can do for me? Well, that's a specific question. But yeah, I guess definitely, you know, drop by my Twitter. I'm not very active there. But if somebody starts pinging me there, I might become active. That would be... (laughs) That would be fun. And then, um, yeah, it's just, um, I'm always willing to talk to other entrepreneurs, always love to meet other entrepreneurs and chat with them and exchange ideas. So feel free to hit me up. Um, and, uh, you know, let's
0: kind of help each other out on this journey. Um, but yeah, beyond that. And if you're an entrepreneur that uh, is writing your own ebook, Check out Edition Guard, protect your IP. Uh, it's a great product, easy to use product. Uh, and it's uh, used by many, many people around the world. Turgay, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with us and share your founder journey. Uh, stay healthy and stay strong and, and look to see you again soon in person. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This has been fun. Awesome. Launch Ventures is for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Founder Journey, please share this with your friends, family, and other entrepreneurs. If you're ready to start your own entrepreneurial journey and would like some guidance, please head to launchacademy.ca and check out our entrepreneurship course and other online resources like our Launchpad for virtual incubation and mentorship.